All right. And we're going to get started right meow. What's going on, everybody? It's Tony Tubes, and I'm back with the Dakota Podcasting Experience and up here in Redfield, South Dakota. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to keep saying it every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So today I'm going to talk about uh, the service industry. Just, I don't know, this can be kind of a fun one for me because I get to tell some stories about me working in the service industry. And I mean serve us industry to serve us. I don't know, man. It's it started early, and I, you know, I guess you can, you know, you could still say that I still work in the service industry a little bit, but I don't know, man. The service industry is nuts, and it's that's like the backbone of you know of the world pretty much is service industries, and um, you know, it can get <laughs> it can get pretty fun, man. I just want to talk about some of the the history that I had with the service industry because my very first job was uh, was cooking at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. I hate, to this day, I hate the smell of, like, you go up to the, the drive through window at McDonald's and you can just smell that kitchen back there. God, dude. So many fucking Saturday mornings, you know, because I was in school and everything, so I could only work on the weekends. And so many Saturday mornings I spent at McDonald's. And it was when Monsters, Inc. came out because I got, like, all the toys. <laughs> I got all the those Monster, Inc. toys. It was great. No, but then I uh, I moved into a... <laughs> I moved into a, a dishwashing job at, uh, at a really, really cool restaurant in Columbia, Missouri. That was a really cool... Uh, I don't even want to say the name of it just because I don't want to... Um, nope. But I just remember, like, working there, and um, that was the first time I tried a brownie. A cosmic brownie. Yeah, that was fun. And we <laughs> we worked there with a guy. It was me and a couple buddies, and we were, we were all three dishwashers. <laughs> and we worked there with a guy named Aaron. He was, like, in his 30s and stuff like that, tatted all the way up, just sleeves and up his neck and shit, and... And he was really quiet, and he just slung those dishes through, man. He was, like, one of the greatest dishwashers I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen plenty. But <laughs> he was all quiet and everything, and then somebody was, like, he he wanted us to go out with him that uh, that uh, that weekend. It's like, hey, you guys should, you know, come downtown. I live downtown, and I live right off the, you know, right off the bar strip and shit. You should, guys should come down and, and party with me and stuff like that. We're like, yeah, sure, let's fucking do that. Woo, yeah. Let's go party with Aaron and shit. And then one of the cooks pulls us aside, and he was like, <clears throat> do you guys know what you're getting yourselves into? And we're like, what? It's it's Aaron. He's, like, all super quiet and shit. Like, what? how bad is it could it be? They're like, dude, they, they call him anger management Aaron. <laughs> we're like, what? No, they don't. Like, what the fuck is that? No, they don't. But no. He was nuts. 
like grab a cop's gun nuts like <laughs> i only hung out with him that one time out of work and i'm i'm happy for that i'm happy i only hung out with him that one time yeah anger management aaron he was he was a sort he was a sort and then i worked at a place called the peace nook the peace nook <laughs> it was this little hippie shop in columbia missouri in the basement of this place it was awesome like you know, they were the backbone of, like, the, the hippie movement in Colombia, and I, I volunteered there. I volunteered at the Peace Nook, and it was great. I loved working with those hippies. You know, I, I used to think of myself as a hippie for, like, a year or two in high school. I really wanted to be a hippie, but I just, I couldn't get away from the non-hippie aspects that were a part of me, like eating certain foods, eating at certain restaurants, um, shopping at places like Walmart because I don't have a lot of money, never had a lot of money. So it's like I, I would I would have loved to have embraced the culture, but I just couldn't. I couldn't get down with it all. You know, like I remember one time I was driving down, uh, down Ninth Street in Columbia. I was going somewhere. I was in a hurry, probably going to my dude's house. And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, this gang of bikers comes in front of me. And I'm not talking Hell's Angels bikers. I'm talking about Lance Armstrong bikers. There's like 150 of them. Like, for real, dude. They just backed the street in front of me. And they they turned the corner right there by by I don't even know if Subway's there on the corner anymore, but uh, <coughs> it was on Ninth and Cherry right there. They turned the corner, and they're right in front of me, and I gotta go straight, and I'm stuck in the middle of the block now. And they're like in front of me and behind me and on the sides of me, and then I realized, like, the dude that was leading this thing was one of the guys I worked with at the Peace Nook. And he didn't recognize me. I had, like, my sunglasses on, and I don't think he ever saw what kind of car I drove and shit like that. But he was sitting there, like, turning around on his bicycle, like, yeah, stop pollution. Fucking let's go on the bikes and shit. And, you know, like, biking is better and everything. And I'm sitting there going, come on, man, I got a lot of respect for you, but get the fuck out of my way. I am in a hurry, man. Oh, my God. That was so stupid. So it was like in like that, like, you know, if I was a true hippie, I would have been like, yeah, and gotten out of my car and just abandoned it right there and just, you know, let me hop on your pegs, man. Take me over to my dude's house. Fuck. Kind of straying away a little bit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I also worked at a place called Sophia's. Or no, 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 no. What the hell am I thinking? That wasn't that. It was a place called... Oh, God damn it. I'm not going to say it just because I don't want to say it. But it was an oyster bar is what it was. It was a restaurant. And uh, and I worked for these two just very greasy people. So it was like a boyfriend-girlfriend combo. They were in like their like late 50s. And they actually owned a different restaurant in town before that. And it was really successful like there was a picture that they had framed in the restaurant of uh of brad pitt you know 
out in the public somewhere and he was wearing a t-shirt from that restaurant and so that, of course they they hung it up and stuff and and they were they were really mean they were really mean to their staff like they really were and um i, I remember like the the owner one time i i went up to him and there was this gaggle of girls that came in and they were just gorgeous and i'm like 16 at the time you know so i went up to him and we were talking and everything and I was like, damn, dude, did you see those girls come in? And he was like, dude, it's just a hole. I'm like, damn, really? Holy smokes. This is the guy I'm working for. But, uh, no, and I, he had a picture of him and Jimmy Vaughn, Stevie Ray Vaughn's brother, had a picture of him and Jimmy Vaughn together. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. He's like, you met Jimmy Vaughn? And he's like, yeah, he's a fucking prick. In my head, I'm just like, you're the prick. You know, but these were the people that after the bar, after, after the, after the restaurant closed, we were sitting at the bar and counting tips and shit like that. And I was just a bus boy, but they tipped me out at the end of the day. I was 16, you know, and, uh, I remember sitting there, I was smoking, still smoking a bar. I was sitting there smoking a cigarette. They didn't care about that. They were sitting there smoking weed and all this stuff and everything and, and uh, and this actually happened, man. I asked them for a beer. I was like, can I have a beer? And literally this happens, dude. This dude's like, fuck no, you can't have a beer. You're not 21. And then he goes down and does a fucking rail off the bar, dude. I was just like, what? Okay, I'm out of here, man. Okay. <laughs> fuck those people. That was That was funny, though. And I went from there to Pizza Hut. I loved working at Pizza Hut. Loved working at Pizza Hut. Worked there in Columbia. And then I, uh, when I moved up to South Dakota, I worked at the North Pizza Hut in Aberdeen for years. For like two or three years, I worked there. Met some of my really good friends there. Um, technically, you could say that I'm, that through the transitive property, I met my wife through Pizza Hut. Because I worked there with a girl that I started hanging out with, and she had a best friend that I also hung out with on occasion. And then one night, uh, I called her, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, we're at Loggers, me and my friends. Do you want to come down? And I was like, no, but I'll come and meet you guys when you guys are done. And she said, sure. And then that's when I met my my wife's brother who became a very good friend of mine and then i met my wife so through pizza hut i met my wife and that's pretty fucking sweet but no uh i had a lot of good times working at pizza hut i really did and i just remember sitting there bickering with the hutterites bickering with some hutterites about they'd come in for uh for buffet <laughs> and they'd like try to fandangle like all the like at the very end they'd come in they try to fandangle all the all the 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 leftover pizza and stuff from us and it was kind of like a nice little bartering thing it was pretty fun uh yeah met some really good people there man met Jarrett fellows good fellows uh fucking john ingram well i i knew john ingram before that fucking met uh met my buddy chad there my my best friend in the world uh adam Worked there with me. Uh, 
yeah, man, lots of really cool people came came and went from Pizza Hut and everything. And I was a delivery driver, man. I fucking loved it. I I'm sorry to say Pizza Hut, but I drove around getting loaded quite a bit. <laughs> That was my, like, eight, I was 18, man. That was a good time. Those good times. And that was when you could, like, you'd get, uh, get your, you know, start your shift. And I could go to the gas station with 10 bucks, put $5 in my gas tank, and get a hat, you know, like, half tank of fucking gas and a pack of smokes. And I'd still have change left, you know. Oh, those are the days. Cruising around, listening to the psychedelic supper and shit. Just having a ball, man. And I remember, like, we used to do this game called the Flounder Game. Whereas, like, if you ever seen Animal House, and they go to the store, and all of a sudden they just start chucking stuff at Flounder, and he's and he catches it all. He catches all of it, and it, it, like eventually he drops it all and shit like that. But we would do that with like pizza pans. We'd throw them up after we get done washing them to have the other guy put them in and and see how many they could catch and shit. And me and Chad had a had a box folding contest one time. That was really, really fun. Chad fucking cheated. You hear me, Chad? If you hear this, if you watch this, Chad, you cheated, man. Because, you know, we'd be folding boxes and shit really, really fast. And then he started throwing his boxes on top of the unfolded boxes that I was going to get. Cheater. He's like, I won. Fuck you, man. Fuck you, dude. One of the worst things in my life happened at Pizza Hut, man. Like, my girlfriend at the time, who I just, I adored. My girlfriend at the time, okay, she broke up with me. Over the phone. On my birthday. It was like the trifecta of misery in one fucking five-minute span of time, dude. That was nuts. That was fun. But and then we also realized that uh, if you go to Pizza Hut, at least it was when I worked there, they had bags of pizza sauce. <laughs> and uh, that's how you got the pizza sauce. It was in bags. You lift that bag up and you slap it. It sounds just like slapping an ass. God, we used to have fun with that. Mm. That was really fun. There was this dude that worked there with me. He was like a manager. This was later on. This was probably one of the funniest moments of my life. Because I, I worked simultaneously at Pizza Hut and the Zoo Bar. <laughs> and um, my boss at Pizza Hut was this guy. God, I don't even remember his fucking name, dude. But I remember I, I was walking back to the, the DJ booth. To see either Birdie or Buddha at the DJ booth. And I was walking back there and like, you know, it was it was kind of crowded. Top shelf had some people on it and everything. And and it was, you know, deep zoo. And uh I remember I was kind of walking through the crowd, getting to the getting to the DJ booth, and I just hear like in the background, Tony! Tony. I could barely hear it, man. Just and so I'm looking around, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck am I looking for here? And all of a sudden I look up and I see this dude, my boss, on the stage. And <laughs> they were playing fucking Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. And this dude was like, I didn't really care for this guy. He was kind of a garbage human being. But 
he looked at me. He, I caught, you know, locked eyes from across the room. And um, I looked at him, and he looked at me. He's like, hey. And he points at me. He's like, hey. And I, no shit, dude, he does this. He goes, hey. <laughs> I lost it right there, dude. Oh, my God. That was some funny shit. That was some funny, funny shit, dude. That guy was so trashed. It was pretty fun. Uh, but, yeah, man, I used to work there at, at Pizza Hut. Had a, had a fucking ball working at Pizza Dude, if I could make a living delivering pizzas, like, if I could make a true, honest buck delivering, delivering pizzas, I totally would. I fucking loved that job, dude. Just get in my car and cruise around town, fucking go to people's houses and fucking pizza. There's a couple times, like, I got mooned one time up there in that neighborhood, kind of by the post office in Aberdeen. Some, And it wasn't even from the person that I was delivering pizza to. It was, like, like it was, like, a cul-de-sac. And, so like, these, and they, were, they looked like they were in, like, their 40s, and they were probably just, like, a bunch of, like, women having, like, a book party, and they got all fucking trashed out on wine. One of them looks out the window, there's a pizza guy out there. So she goes out there, like, hey, pizza guy. And she just fucking turns around and whoop, there's her big old butt. That was funny. Had a lot of interesting moments in that pizza car. But um yeah, man. And I worked uh I worked at the greatest fucking job ever, man. Worked at the the grassroots and Sun Tavern Day Spa, the place my mom used to run. With the likes of Matt Ginger, Matt Stephenson, Julian Craig, Jennifer Leone, fucking uh my sister, Aaron the Lil Buck, Molly Tillman, God dude. The list goes on. My uncle even worked there for a little while, my uncle Greg. Uh, but that's where I met my buddy Julian, which is weird because technically, like, Julian is my aunt's cousin. So that's like, makes us like second cousins or once removed or first. I don't fucking know. But, um, you know, I meet this dude. My mom, I come down to the shop and my mom's like, oh, this is my uh this is my our new employee Tony his name is Julian and I was like you know I see this dude and he you know looks like a biker and he's kind of rough looking and stuff you know he just he looks like he's fucking mean and shit you know like sorry Jules but you got you know kind of got that demeanor about you wear all black leather and shit fucking looking like a badass I'm just like oh hi you know Oh, okay, hi, you know, and then all of a sudden my mom reminds me. It's like, Tony, do you remember when you were like fucking five or six and you were your aunt's, the ring bearer at your aunt's wedding? I'm like, yeah. And she was like, do you remember the little the little flower girl that you like fell in love with and you guys like dated and stuff for like, you know, a little while over like over snail mail and shit? I was like, Mandy, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Holy crap, I haven't thought about her in a long time. And my mom's like, "That's this is her dad. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but Julian is, like, one of, my, one of my best friends. And he's, like, one of my mentors. And I trust, I trust Julian completely. Trust him with my life. I would trust him with my children's lives. I really would. But, um, yeah, that's where I met Julian and... and Worked with a lot of really, really cool people there. Uh, then I moved to Kansas. I started working at a at a, a nightclub down there. 
And that was an interesting fucking nightclub. Of course, prerequisite for owning a bar is you have to be a fall-down drunk. And that's exactly what that dude was, was a fall-down drunk. And I remember my first night working there. It was a club. This is a fucking nightclub. I mean, the zoo, you guys got your thing. But this place was a fucking nightclub. But, yeah. So I met one of my other really good friends there, and we were actually in a band called Mid-Flight to the Floor. Jesse Debris, um, one of the greatest drummers I ever drum I ever had the pleasure of sharing a stage with Jesse Debris. We used to go to Lawrence, Kansas, to the Jazz House every Monday night, and just get loaded and, and play play them tunes. Man, it was great playing some blues. Played some played a lot of Sublime and Grateful Dead. God, dude, that was a fun time. God, that was those are the days, man. And those that, those were clubs. Those were real, like it was really awesome. Lots of people, just wall to wall. It was amazing. Felt like a fucking rock star, dude. But uh, no, going back to the the nightclub. I remember my first night working there, and I was used to working at the zoo. My first night working at this nightclub, we got done, you know, and I start picking up, start picking up beer bottles and trash and shit like that, and. and uh, my boss comes up to me. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "I'm cleaning up, man. You know, cleaning up." And he was like, "How much do I pay you?" I was like, 10 bucks an hour," and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I pay you 10 bucks an hour." And then he says this to me, which blew my fucking mind. He goes, "Why would I?" pay you ten dollars an hour to clean up this mess when i got three specs that'll come in here and do it for four bucks an hour a piece okay god really man like you gotta pull out that word like god dude there's just those moments where you immediately lose respect for people but he's my boss so i can't really tell him to get fucked like i wanted to but uh yeah that was an interesting bar really was there was a, a a night where um the boss came up to me and he well it was like a group of us came up to me and them and he goes guys you remember that wedding party that came in here uh about a half hour ago we're like yeah and he goes well the bride just bit the maid of honor's ear off okay what <laughs> like what and he's like one of you guys has to go find the ear well, that, well that's not gonna be me <laughs> 10 bucks is a lot of money in this 2006 uh but uh nope not gonna be me didn't work there too much longer after that you can imagine why that place was scary man we had no metal detection whatsoever like and you go there on a Friday or Saturday night, and it was scary, man, because, like, these were, like, Topeka was known at this point in time to be where all the gangs left Kansas City and went to. Like, all the gangs kind of got driven out of Kansas City and went to Topeka. And so I'm standing there, and it's, like, me and four other bouncers. And I'm looking out at the crowd, and I see a lot of red on this side, a lot of blue on this side. They're all looking at each other. 
but they're looking at each other through a bunch of gold. All the Hispanics in the middle, the Latin kings or whatever the hell they were called. And I just, I was terrified, man. My dad was always scared for me to go to work. <laughs> there was one night, fucking one of the waitresses comes up to us at the front door. And she goes, uh, there's a there's a fight in the parking lot. And we're like, so? She's like, the employee parking lot. Oh, shit. So we run out there, no shit. The night that I take my dad's car to work, I come around the corner, and there's a guy cleaning another guy's clock on top of my dad's fucking Honda Civic. Jesus Christ. Uh, and that was one of those bars that I had to get physical with, man. Like... Because you work in bars, and some bar owners are like, you know, you don't touch my customers. Some bar owners are like, don't touch them unless you absolutely have to. And some bar owners are like, uh, <laughs> they literally look at you like this dude looked me in the eye and was like, you don't have a problem tuning a motherfucker up, do you? Is that what I have to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess so, man. You're paying me. I got to, you know, I got to make money. So, yeah, I was kind of a fucking professional thug at that bar, which didn't ever, I, I always hated getting rough with people in bars. I'd much rather they didn't fucking cause a problem, but what are you going to do? We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to go and plug the Edge Case podcast. Um, check it out on uh, edgecasepod.com, and it's, uh, um, it's the 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 brainchild of the the Sioux Empire podcast. If I'm wrong about that, you know, there might be somebody else behind it. But the Sioux Empire podcast and Robert Melling um, are are behind it and everything. And I'm behind it 100. percent Edge Case podcast is kind of like a Twilight Zoney kind of podcast and stuff. And I'm really looking forward to it. So check this out really quick. I'll be right back with you. At the fringes of perception, beyond the boundaries of your mind, just past the glow of the firelight. Out of the corner of your eyes, you will find an edge case. Edge Case Podcast, coming September 10th. Learn more at edgecasepod.com. We're back. Make sure you check out that podcast, guys. It's going to be awesome. Give them some love. Like the Sioux Empire podcast. Go check out their YouTube channel and Facebook page and all sorts of stuff. Robert Melling's a good guy. And you always you guys, you guys post a lot of funny shit, man. I love your guys' Facebook page. Uh, but going back, still in Topeka. I worked at the Topeka Country Club for a little while. That's where I met Tone Bone and Mr. Mr. Jones. Uh, Tone Bone is one of the... I I I just have to say, man, like when it came to I mean, this is 2006 we're talking about. And when it came to computers and um, making his own music, making his own beats and putting it all together and everything like that, that guy was a fucking mastermind, dude. He was amazing. And I really wish that he could have kept shit going. But like he lived in the fucking hood and his shit all got stolen shortly after we started recording together because he wanted me to come in and lay down some guitar tracks for him. He fucking loved it. I even laid down a vocal. Um, I rapped. <laughs> Could you imagine? I, I wasn't too bad. 
I made my voice sound pretty cool. I sounded like a like a badass. But um no. I met I met him. He was a dishwasher there. <laughs> Tone bone. And I used to sl- I, they they would come out and they could come out and get a I was a bartender. They could come out and get fucking cups of soda and everything like that and I'd fucking throw a little fucking Hennessy in there for him and shit. Oh, dude. It's funny shit, dude. Good times. Yeah, like Alice Cooper came. This was right, like, I remember CNN being on, and uh, that was the, I was working there the day that Anna Nicole Smith died. But, uh, no, Alice Cooper came in there to play. There was one night to shoot golf and everything. There was one night um, I was bartending a banquet, and it was the governor's banquet. And so I'm standing there all night long, fucking, uh, you know, serving drinks and shit for this governor's thing. And all of a sudden, my my boss comes up to me, and he goes, "Uh, have you seen the governor? And I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know who the fucking governor is. Um, But he was like, oh, there she is. I'm like, oh, she. Oh, okay. It's a she governor. Sweet. And then I was like, which which one is she? And he points to this woman over there. And I was like, that one. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, in the pink, like, the, the pink, pantsuit thing he was like yeah and i was like you mean that chick that i have personally served about 18 glasses of wine to tonight and i was probably gonna have to cut her off soon he was like don't do that i'm like well fuck no not now not now i'm not going to but shit like she was trashed man that was funny that was funny shit dude um but uh yeah so peak of country club uh yeah that was that was fun stuff, sort of. Not really. But I moved back to South Dakota. That's when I met my wife. Um, but, yeah, man, you know, worked some odds and ends around South Dakota and everything. And then um, we moved to Wisconsin. And I think one of, the, one of the, like, the top five jobs that I've had that really produced a lot of relationships and was, like, a really, really good time was when I worked for uh, uh, a call center, a customer service call center in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And we did a lot for a lot of different companies. And it was really, really, it was a very interesting job, man. I met Kimmy Gibbler there, like not the actual Kimmy Gibbler from Full House. Her name is Kimmy, but I always called her Gibbler just because she actually named her son's middle name was named after me. Rest in peace, Trenton. But, um, no, dude, I had a lot of fun. And like, you know, you think about it, man, like, okay, we're taking inbound customer service calls, okay? Meaning that when you place an order online at your favorite retailer and you get the wrong product or you put the wrong fucking address in there or something like that, you have to call them to fix something, and that was me. Met a lot of good people working at that job. Talked to a lot of really fucking weird people working at that job, man. I actually, I worked for a toy company, and uh, like one of the one of our one of our people that we we did that for was a toy company, and I actually had to say these words to somebody one day. I had I had to say, "Ma'am, your baby alive is not actually alive." Oh, yeah, had to say that. Um, I had a guy call in, and he wanted to buy this. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to buy a, a, a 
a dollhouse for his for his little girl, and it came with dolls. He's like, "Will you pull up the item for me, sir?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I pulled up the item, and then he's like, "Do you see what I'm looking at?" And he starts describing it, and I was like, "Yep, I, I yeah, I see exactly what you're looking at there, sir." And he goes, "The dolls. Do you have those in Caucasian?" And I was like, "Do I have those for an occasion?" He was like, "No." Do you have them in Caucasian? I was like, Caucasian? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, we don't. You're gonna get, you're gonna get black dolls, dude. <laughs> we probably did have them, but you know, like, fuck you, man. What the fuck kind of shit is that? Oh, that was funny. The first call I ever took there was some Vietnamese woman, and she chewed me out for being so terrible at my job. And it was like, that was your, you know, like, they worked you up to that in the two weeks of training before that. They worked you up to that first phone call. My first phone call was some Vietnamese lady that just, you, you terrible at your job. And I'm just like, I'm fucking sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I worked for a, a store that sold uh, a lot of prom dresses. So I get this girl calling. She goes, I have a really interesting problem. I'm like, okay, what's your interesting problem? I've I've heard a lot, so let's hear it. And she's like, well, first of all, I'm very flat-chested. And I'm like, okay, that's not an interesting problem. That's actually quite common. And she's like, but I have an oversized crotch. What? She's like, I have an oversized crotch. And I'm like, I'm looking at this prom dress. It's a prom dress, and it's like a floofy one, you know? I'm like, how big of a problem are we talking about down here, you know? Like, what the fuck, dude? What kind of... That is a very interesting problem. I don't even remember what I did for that girl. I think I blanked out after that. There was another guy I worked for a swimming company, and he called about some goggles. I felt bad for this guy. I felt really bad about. I kind of got a talking to about this because, like my, like my restrictor plate and my brain went out for a minute, and I said something I probably shouldn't have, and I feel bad. But this guy calls up. He's looking for some swimming goggles, and he goes, "I have an interesting problem." What's your interesting problem? And he's like, I'm looking for some goggles, and none of them fit. What's your biggest size? And so I find the biggest size we got. And then he goes, well, here's the deal. I have a size 32-inch head. That's like your normal, like, 180-pound guy's waist. <laughs> and I was like, 32-inch head, like. He's like, what would you recommend? And I said this. I was like, I recommend you probably go and see a physician before you get into the water. Oh, I got a talking to for that one. <laughs> oh, my God. I used to work. I'm, I'm going to plug you guys, man, because I, I loved it. I loved working for these people. It was one of my favorite ones to take calls for. Spanx. I slept for Spanx, dude. Me. Could you imagine this voice if you call in? because of your problem with your Spanx? Oh, it was great. How many women asked for a woman, and I was just like, I'm, I, I'm the, you know, I, I can help you, miss. I know everything about this product, and I do. Or at least from, like, 2010 to 2013, I know the whole Spanx line by heart still, dude. You know, people, you know, yeah, women would call up and be like, I, I want to speak to a woman, and sometimes I'd be like, I am a woman, 
<laughs> that would throw him for a loop. But no, dude, I know everything about Spanx. I even have a Spanx t-shirt. Doesn't fit me because it's not supposed to fit me because it's supposed to, like, make me slimmer. I can't get that fucker on. <laughs> not even that huge. Like, I'm not, like, hugely obese or anything like that, but that thing's made for people smaller than me. No, but, man, I know, like, you know, the Jackie Pants and, you know, I, I know about the, 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 the highest selling product in Spanx invented by Sarah Blakely. Um, the highest selling product of Spanx from 2010 to 2013 was the in power line super higher power with a cotton double gusset for ease when nature calls. <laughs> oh, I loved saying that shit, dude. That was some fun stuff. I loved working at that place, man. What was sucked is like, okay, you get a fraud call. And, and like, sometimes it's really obviously a fraud call. But you have to take it. You have to do the order and shit like that. So, I get this Jamaican guy on the phone. And he's like, serious. Yeah, man! Like, seriously Jamaican. And, you know, he's ordering like 200 pairs of jeans from me. It's And... I'm like, okay. And so I'm getting his like credit card information and shit like that. And I was like, can I get your name again, sir? He's like, yeah, man, my name is Alex. Okay. Alex, the Jamaican. <laughs> All right, bro. Okay. I had to take that one though. Oh man. There were so many. It's hard to, it's hard to even pick them out anymore. Oh, I loved working there though. In some ways, some ways it sucked, but no, it was it was okay. And we got to pick a we got to pick a like a, a fake name to be. I got to be I got to be Tony Pliskin, Snake Pliskin's illegitimate son. Loved it, loved it. If you don't know who Snake Pliskin is, then you should you should Google that shit. SD Bob Pliskin. Yeah, man, worked there. I, I've worked at a lot of jobs, man, and each of them had really, really awesome things about them. Some of them had some really shitty things about them. Some of them were nothing but shitty things. Like, don't ever go and wash big rig trucks for a living. That really sucked. But the greatest job I ever had, for bar none, was probably... Um, I really miss working at my mom's shop. My mom passed away in 2015. Um, but, man, that, that place was really awesome. And I wish that, like, I would have utilized, because she, she, there's a building in Aberdeen. It's called the main building, or at least it was. And now there's, like, a, it's on, like, it's, I think it's 321 South Main or something like that. But um, it's it's a huge three-story building, and now there's, like, a fitness place in it. It's right next to Slackers. There's a fitness place in it, and then the second and third level are, um, uh, they made them into condos. Uh, but my mom operated on the first floor and in the basement. The basement was the printing press, and the first floor was an antique shop, slat, and then on the other side was a really beautiful spa called Sun Tavern Day Spa. Um uh, but man, you know, I, 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 
learned printing presses there. I learned post-production there, pre-production. I edited. Uh, as, I as I told my mother, I loved pointing out the shortcomings of others, especially our writers. <laughs> I loved going through and editing, man. It was amazing. I loved editing. Um, I also got to do, those were my first kind of reviews. I got to review um, some, uh, some albums. I, I actually got a printed review. I actually did a printed review of David Gilmore's On an Island. That was really cool. Like, just to say that I ha I did a professional music review of the guitarist and voice of Pink Floyd, like, while he was still alive. And, you know, I got to review that album when it came out, and that was a really big honor for me. Um, working with some of those people was a big honor for me. But I wish that I would have utilize the space a little bit more because the second and third floor my wife and i actually lived on the second floor the whole second floor dude takes up like a fucking probably a quarter of a city block and that was our big ass loft it kind of sucked because it was in the summertime we didn't have any air conditioning up there but i mean it would it would cool off at night and stuff we just didn't spend a lot of time there during the day um but no it's this huge loft we threw some bomb ass parties in there on the fucking roof overlooking Aberdeen through some bomb ass parties up there um yeah that was when my, my wife and I first kind of got together man and we just god we made that place our own man <laughs> we we had a lot of fun in there we did and I wish that like I knew what I wanted to do back then is what I wanted to do right now because god my mom had so much space up there I could have made silver screen showdown and tube review and this and all sorts of different shit could have had so much different things going on on that third floor it would have been amazing and i really wish that we would have utilized it and i would have figured out what i wanted to do with my fucking shit uh, a little earlier on but no man i've met so many good people working around in so many crazy jobs it's been amazing i've met some of my best friends working you know and i've I've gotten to work alongside some people that I'm just, I'm honored to say I was in the same fucking business as them. It was really fun. Traveling around the upper Midwest for my mom, delivering uh, publications and stuff like that. And yeah, man, that was, those were good fucking times, dude. Good times. I miss them. So this wasn't really even about the service industry. It was about my history in the service industry. Um, yeah, man. But everybody's got stories. This is just some of my stories. Uh, take them for what you want. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun. I've had a good ride, you know. For real, if you really think about it, you know. If you know tomorrow I was in a terrible accident and you know I was able to 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 you know look at the the last you know moments of my life and stuff, it would suck. But at the same time, man. I've met some of the greatest fucking people on this planet. I have been in the presence of greatness more than once. And, you know, I've... Yeah, man. I've had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun back in the day. I've had a lot of fun these days. And I just hope that my kids have the same good experiences that I have when it came to, you know people that you meet that's why i tell them you know they're like you know i don't have a lot of friends in school and it's like bud i don't i don't talk to many of the people i went to elementary school with when i was nine 
you know, most of them were shitty to me. So it's like you meet them as you go along, dude. You meet the friends as you go along. You learn some trades and stuff. Unfortunately, I've always been a de-escalator or a bouncer type person. Been a thug a few times. You know? Yep. There's been a couple times where I've actually thought to myself, wow, I feel like, like one of Joker's henchmen or some shit like that, you know? But I always hated throwing people out of bars, man. And there were some of them that, you know, they try to tangle with you and you got to fucking, you know, depending on where you are and who your boss is, sometimes you have to tangle with them back. And that's crazy shit, man. My wife will tell there's been some night. There were some nights I came home pretty shaken up because I was forced to get into a fight. You know, I didn't want to get into a fight, but all of a sudden I had to, you know, I had to tune the motherfucker up. It's like, that's just not me, man. You know? I don't like being the muscle. <laughs> but, yep. It is 327, 2019, 1047 in the PM. Uh, make sure you check out the uh, the Sue Empire podcast and the Edge Case stuff they have coming out in September. That's going to be really fun. You check out my other channels, Tube Review, where I do comedy and I do, uh, that's where all my movie stuff is. There's just a lot of fun stuff on that one. Silver Screen Showdown, that is my, uh, my movie trivia game show that's on YouTube. And we're going to be starting season three sometime. Sometime in the next probably five or six months I should be done writing it and stuff. Hopefully sooner than that. I don't know. just depends on my availability. Um and uh yeah you can hit hit up the dakota podcasting experience what you're listening to right now on um uh you can hit us up on, on twitter and facebook both uh the handle is at dakota podcast you can get, show me some love on twitter i'm at tony tubes zer z-e-r-r um yeah man uh hit us up if you need if you if you don't do any of that stuff and you want to drop me an email uh, you can uh, email us at dakotapodcasting at gmail.com. And we're on the Anchor app. If you if you get the Anchor app on your phone, it's a podcasting app. And we're on Spotify and Breaker and I think it's called Radio One or something. Like, they, they, they put my stuff out there. They put it on Anchor so you can listen to the audio on Anchor and everything. Um, but they also put it out to a lot of other podcasting uh, platforms. So... You know, check out the Dakota Podcasting Experience. I want to thank Derek Keeling because today he sent me uh, some fan artwork already for the Dakota Podcasting Experience. He made some logos for me, so that was pretty cool. So I'm thanks, Derek. Thanks a lot, bud. That was really awesome, and I've been getting a lot of really good, uh, really good reactions to these videos and stuff. So I hope you guys liked it. This one wasn't quite as like you know in depth and stuff as as the last ones were. It's just kind of a fun one, telling you a little bit about my history and where I come from and shit. Um, but yeah, man, I had a good time talking about it. It's nice, nice talking about the uh, the good old days. Um, so yeah, hit us up on all that stuff. Check out all the stuff in the description below. I'm trying to get the little watermark down there or down there that you can click to subscribe 
But if not, you can just go to the channel and subscribe and ding the little bell so it tells you every time I put something stupid out. <laughs> but yeah, you guys have a good night. I just wanted to I want to talk about something, but I don't want to be so serious. I just wanted to just wanted to t just talk about some of the some of the some of the the good stuff during a lot of the shitty jobs that I've had in my life and the good ones. So yeah, you guys uh you guys take her easy. 327 2019 10:50 in the p.m. The wife will be home in 10 minutes and once again Dr. Emmett Brown the dog is passed the fuck out on my couch. And I am currently awaiting another microphone and I want some guests, man. We could come up with some topics, but honestly, it's just going to be I just want I just want to talk to people. I just want to bring them in and talk to them about things and maybe have a general little tiny bit of an outline as to what we might talk about, but just see where it goes from there. Just see where it goes from there. You guys have a good night. I'll see you all later or day whenever you're listening to this. And I'll see you guys in the next edition of the Dakota Podcasting Experience. Oh, yeah.